Binge or Purge streaming reviews. I'm your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. This is episode 91. Welcome, Demo. Good to see you, Joe. Let's do it. Nothing up front? You've got nothing? Well, I think we've got a segment that we're sticking with, right? We do, but I have something first. Oh, oh boy. Okay, Don't pressure me already. (laughs) All right. What is it? So back in episode 88, you reviewed a show on Showtime called I Love That For You. Yeah. Starring Vanessa Bayer. Mm-hmm. So it was a binge. Shannon. Yeah. Canceled. Oh, really? Yep. No season two. Well, it was on Showtime, so the only way anyone would have heard of it was from this podcast. I guess. I don't know, but it got canceled. That's and I too thought, bad. I was waiting to tell you because I wanted to deliver right off the bat bad news. Yeah. That was a good show. Our, our buddy Jono was in it. Great show. Oh, well. Yeah, that's it. That's what you get for not promoting a show is that no one's going to watch it. I only knew about it from you, honestly. Right. Right. And you're pretty plugged in as far as shows go. Sort of. I mean, I hope I am. Yeah. I don't know. Let's get to our first segment, though. We're not going to do a review yet. We're going to do our new segment, which is... Are you still watching? All right. We got a couple things. I'm going to go first. Ted Lasso Season 3. If you're a regular listener of this show, you know that Ted Lasso Season 1 was our biggest binge of the year. Loved that it. Year. We loved it. I still love it. Didn't I bring that up? What do you mean bring it up? Wasn't I the one that brought that show to your attention initially? Uh, listener Megan recommended it to me, and then I came in with it, and then you had it at the same time. It was fate. Ah, okay. I said, I got something new, and you go, I got something new, and you're going to love it. I'm like, I got something new, yeah. and you're going to love it, and it was Ted Lasso. And we were early money because it won a bunch of stuff the first season. Yeah, we knew, right? But once again, people told us to watch it, and we did, so we thanked them. Anyway, season three has wrapped, and that's the show. It was the series finale just a few weeks ago, or whenever you're listening to this, maybe eight months ago, who knows, but a lot of people were bagging on this, and I know you didn't watch it. Correct? You have not got into season three? I have not started season three. I'm unsure if I'm going to. Oh, come on. Are you serious? I thought there was a huge drop off between seasons one and two. See, I wish you had watched it because I loved season three and a lot of people thought it was disappointing. Did you think it was better than two? I did like it better than okay. two. Well, maybe it's worth watching. It's a great then. show. Yeah. No, I mean, I thought, look, I thought it wrapped up wonderfully. I thought it was everything. It, look, it. It is a show based on an NBC sports promo. All right. Right. The dancing coach. Yeah. Can we just be happy that we got an amazing show? Does it, does it have to like, you know, reinvent the wheel? It was funny and it was moving and it was a good show. Let's just be happy with that. All right. Yeah. Apple wanted more, right? Like we want more Ted Lasso. And Sudeikis is like, no, we wanted three. That's the story. I applaud him. It's done. But you can already see spinoffs in the work. I'm not going to give anything away. But you can see little kernels in the final episode where you're like, oh, I know what they're going to do. And I don't want to ruin it for you. Okay. I can see how they will take certain characters and maybe give them their own show. I will be there because I think Hannah Waddingham is going to be the lead of the new show. And I am there. I love her. 
Do you think that he didn't want that big Apple paycheck for season four because he has to split it with Olivia Wilde? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, there's no season four just despite her. Hey, man, crazier things have happened, yeah. right? I mean, Hollywood, it's the most vindictive place there is. Yeah. Anyway, I encourage you to watch the final season of Ted Lasso. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Side note, there's this whole thing going on, on the internet where Ted Lasso is like the Wizard of Oz. And there's all these homages in the third season, specifically the last episode that allude to the Wizard of Oz. And that's all really? I'll say. If you want to go down that subreddit thing, or listener Jonathan sent me this thing. He goes, hey, did you see this? And I'm like, I checked it out. I spent like 10 minutes on it. I was like, okay, I can see the Wizard of Oz stuff. But it's one of those things, if you really look for it, it's there. I'm not saying it's like, you know, sync up dark side of the moon to it. And you're going to be like, whoa, Ted, Le-. you know what I mean? I was just right? going to say, if you listen to Pink Floyd and eat a bunch of mushrooms, everything looks like the Wizard of Oz, I would think. I thought it was interesting. If you happen to like watch the final season, look for stuff like that. All right. Now, keeping with, are you still watching? What do you have? So, Demo, are you still watching? I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Season three just came out a few days ago as we record this. Joe, I gave this a third shot. <laughs> all right. I watched it all on my phone in one sitting. I got a new phone, by the way. I got the iPhone 14. So, whoa, 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 you know, Congratulations. life is grand. Still feels like it is written by an eight year old. <laughs> yeah. What are these half baked yeah. sketches? This show <laughs> sucks. No, I I 100% disagree. This is the third time we reviewed this show. Nothing has changed for me. You still love it. I still think it's asinine horseshit. It has gotten weirder with each season. That's for sure. I know that's what you sort of liked the first season because it was a lot more sketch uh, jokes than it was just weirdness. But I think the perfect example of this is the, uh, the banana breath episode where they're in the work meeting. A lot of these are in... Work meetings. A lot of them are work meetings and like uh, seminars or whatever. And so something starts to happen that feels a little bit uncomfortable. And that's where the sketch starts is because it goes and goes and goes. And the whole time you're cringing and cringing and cringing. And it just keeps going. And the whole theme of the show, I was just talking to someone about this last night. All the sketches are about the same thing, I think, which is... Someone feeling like they want to be part of something, but they are just too weird to be included. You know, they feel left out. It's all about someone feeling left out. Every sketch, most of them anyway. And so it absolutely cracks me up because even though you know what's coming and it's going to be so absurd, it works for me, man. I think it's hilarious. The one about the guy who opened a park for people to propose to, (laughs) but the grass is soft, so wrestlers use it. That one was weird. Come on, man. It's weirder. This like one it's, it's, weirder. it's like, okay, hey, Timmy, come over here. Yeah, uh, write something for us. Okay, but I'm only in the sixth grade. That's okay. <laughs> We're going to put it on the air. We'll make you millions. <laughs> this was written by sixth graders, dude. This one I'm was sorry. pretty weird. One of my favorites was the uh, Don Bondarly, the bachelor party entertainer, who is this old guy that comes to sing dirty songs at a bachelor party, but he forgot a lot of the words. Yeah, that went nowhere <laughs> for me. I and know. It just keeps getting more and more uncomfortable. And then also the guy at the sitcom taping who wanted to talk into the crowd mic to give bad Yelp reviews. All right, that was okay. Look, at there's moments, actually the very first sketch in the first episode where he's just going off on what he can do with his phone. 
I forget what the setup was, but it just turns into him talking about everything he can magically do on his phone. Oh, and yeah. it's like all this basic stuff. It's like, <laughs> I can download my music to it. And I was like, all right, that's kind of funny. Then you get Will Forte with a ponytail caught under a car. I know I'm wrong. Well, most people. And I ag- don't care. Most people agree with you. No, most people agree with you, I think. Even comedians are like, it's funny, but it's so weird. And it is super weird. I don't mind absurdist humor. It's just half-baked. It doesn't seem like they really, like they know how to finish a sketch. The guy making the videos and he wants his coworkers to subscribe to his weekly videos. He wasn't following. How cringeworthy was that? And then it went on for like six minutes past where you really started feeling uncomfortable. The one that I truly hated was the one he's telling his buddy about the hair treatment and he doesn't want the other guy to find out about <laughs> okay. it, and he's bald. Or no, or the other one, don't talk about your kids. Yeah, if you yeah. talk about your kids, I'm going to have to like make a scene because it can't <laughs> always be about your kids. I mean, yeah, like it sticks in my brain. It's rotting my cerebral cortex. My favorite sketches are from seasons, mostly season one, some season two. So this was not the best of the three, but if you've come this far, I think it's worth watching. Demo says, I don't know, maybe not, but. All right, let's move on. Okay. That was Are You Still Watching? All right, Joe, let's do a review. Let's do it. I have a new documentary on Apple TV Plus. It is one hour and 34 minutes, and it is still a Michael J. Fox movie. It is called Still. A Michael J. Yes. Fox movie. Yeah. What did I say? No, you said it is still a. It just. Sounds, oh, st- oh, I see what you're saying. To someone who yes, didn't to know someone the who didn't, no, title. Goes, right. The title is still. There we go. We happy? We good yeah. with that? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm just reading what I wrote, but I understand how I said it was messy. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> I'm leaving in all this. I'm leaving in the crazy sink noise. That's actually people's favorite part. The sink noise? When we pause for a, a long period of time. <laughs> I know. They can drive to work in peace. Right. <laughs> It's like that calming white noise. Yeah, yeah, right. Did you watch this? I did. What'd you think? So here's the thing. Now, I have more notes on this than you thought I was going to. Oh, good. First of all, I have just read, well, in the last year, read Michael J. Fox's memoir, There's No Time Like the Future, or, or No Time Like the Future. Uh, this was basically a live action version of that book. Okay. So it stuck very close to the the way the book was put together. So I kind of already knew all this. Loved the book. Loved this. Loved this. Really, really, really good. Yes. I mean, the documentary was really well done, but I have been a huge fan of him for a long time. Who isn't? Who, yeah. who doesn't love Michael J. Fox? Right. Here's the thing. If you love Michael J. Fox, which is pretty much everybody walking the face of the earth, and you want to know how is he doing... Like, what is life like for Michael J. Fox right now? You got to watch this. Yeah. Because this is very much like, hey, this is me. It's him talking to the camera. By the way, he's the only talking head in this. It's from his point of view. You're not getting like everybody else's perspective, a little from his wife. But the majority of it is just him talking to the camera, telling you about his life, his career, but the main focus is on his life now and what it's like living with Parkinson's and how far it's basically ravaged Advanced him. Parkinson's. Advanced Parkinson's. Yeah, real yeah. bad. A lot of footage of him with his physical therapist. The guy who follows him around to make sure he doesn't fall over 24-7, basically. Yeah. And there's that part where he goes out on the street 
Yeah. And he falls over, and the woman tries to help him up, and he's like, "Really cool." He's like, "Oh, you knocked me over, like, like you, you knocked me off my feet. You knocked yeah. me off my feet." It's like he's so charming. You know, charming what I mean? is the word that I wrote down. Yeah, he's like original, always, he's the original charmer. Everyone loves him. I love Michael J. Fox. He's where remember we talked about Ryan Gosling being charming a long time ago. This was the OG charming TV star, wasn't he? Not sure. Yeah, for our generation, absolutely. Now, speaking of, it's a little before my time, thank you, but um, I do remember Family Ties, the final episode of Family Ties. Yes. One of my first memories. I had just turned six. I can tell you right now it was May 1989. May 14th, 1989. Uh-huh. Now, now that Not I bad. had to Google. I, I didn't remember how, that. I didn't have to Google it. Granted, I didn't have the 14th, but I knew. Huh? Well, TV huh? shows ended in May. Well, yeah, but I knew it was 1989. And you know how I know? Because they had a commercial for Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which was going to come out two weeks later. Oh. That's how my brain works. Okay, sorry. All right. So I remember the final episode because my family would watch that show together. Now, I was six again. And I remember they all came out at the end and waved at the audience and did all that series finale thing, you know. And I went to my room and cried my eyes out. Really? One of my siblings, I don't remember which one, had to come in and ask me what was wrong because I was so upset. And I didn't know what was happening. I didn't even really watch the show. I wouldn't have understood it anyway. But I knew that it was ending, and that made me very sad. Wow. Powerful memory. That is a powerful memory. That's a good one. Yeah. Thank you for sharing, Joseph. Yeah, I was a very sad little kid when that show ended, even though I don't really remember watching it that much. I remember it ending. I didn't like that. I think I saw every episode of Family Ties. Yeah. Have you tried watching it recently? No, but I'm going to because there's some good footage in the documentary. Of it. That's what I wanted to bring up. A lot of documentaries, when they talk about their subject, whether it's an actor, a musical group, any kind of like performer, celebrity, a lot of times they don't have the rights to the material. Do you know how many like documentaries I've seen on rock bands where it's like, we're going to talk about the song, but we can't play the song for you. Oh, yeah. Right? I hate that stuff, right? This is has the rights to everything he's ever made. Including the Eric Stoltz stuff. The Eric Stoltz stuff from Back to the Future. I mean, all the stuff from Back to the Future, Family Ties, Teen Wolf, The Secret of My Success, Casualties of War, they throw it all out there. Yeah. And and they incorporate reenacted footage. And a lot of times I'm like, I'm not big on reenactments, but it's well done because yeah. it really incorporates archival footage with this reenactment mixed in with him talking to the camera. This was directed by David Guggenheim. Props to him for making a very entertaining doc that like tells you everything you need to know about Michael J. Fox, gives you his whole history without getting into the weeds on it. Now, right. I'm sure the book you read really gets into it. And I think I'd want to read the book because I love everything about him and I want to yeah. know more. So this is sort of like a dusting of his past, I would say. You know, you're not getting everything, all the nooks and crannies. You're primarily focused on who he is now, right? right? They talked about his alcoholism a little bit, which again, like you said, goes into more detail in the book. But that's a really interesting part of his life, I think. One of my favorite clips in the doc was the studio exec who said, ah, that guy will never be on a lunchbox. <laughs> and of course that, you know, comes back to bite him. So some really good stuff. And yeah, they had access to everything. The Eric Stoltz thing, not everyone knows, I don't think what we were just talking about, that they filmed like half of Back to the Future with a different actor and recast it with him. And so you get to see some of that footage, not a lot of it. Some of it's on YouTube anyway, but. Okay, so Eric Stoltz is Marty McFly. 
Mm-hmm. And my old acting teacher back in the day, old, not that she's old, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She was playing Marty McFly's girlfriend. Melora Hardin. Melora Hardin. Jan from The Office. Jan from The Office. Yeah. Okay. So they recast Eric Stoltz. In comes Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox is shorter than Melora. She had to be recast too. And Mm. she lost out on being in Back to the Future. Wow. How much does that suck? He had a great line when he won the Emmy for uh, Family Ties. And he said, I feel four feet tall. That's great. great. He's great. What can I say about Michael J. Fox that people don't already know? Everybody loves him. I would like to know who doesn't, who's got a problem with him? Yeah, I don't know. Have you ever met anybody that they've encountered him and been like, oh my God, Michael J. Fox, total asshole? No, but it sounded like he went through that phase. Yes. And he was... When he was drinking. Yeah, and when he was just becoming very rich and famous and drinking a lot at the same time, which, I mean, who... Who wouldn't? Right. So so he... uh, you know, I would maybe have liked to hear more about that, but he snapped out of that pretty quick. So that's good. He was drinking with Woody Harrelson <laughs> when he noticed the first signs of Parkinson's. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. And uh, a lot of his story is, is very interesting, but all of it was good, man. Start to finish, that was a great doc. Yeah. I'm glad I told you to watch it because you weren't going to watch it. Remember I said, you watch this yet? You're like, no. I'm like, you need to watch it. I didn't. Well, because I had just read the book. I didn't tell you that part. Oh. Um, but it, and it is essentially the same as No Time Like the Future, which is a great book in case anyone cares about books. That's great. But I mean, here's the thing. You see him though. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the interviews like, are better. The yeah. interviews are better. And you really get the sense of this is what life is like for him. And I don't think a lot of people just sort of like, oh, he's got Parkinson's and they don't really know. This really illustrates so well the toll that it's taken on him. Yeah. One of my favorite roles of his was Lewis Canning on The Good Wife. He plays a lawyer opposite. Who of, has Parkinson's, right? Yeah. They incorporated into the storyline, right? Right. Yeah. And of course, Spin City. I, everyone forgets he was on Spin City before Charlie Sheen. I don't forget. Well, not you. You I remember know. everything. Has there ever been a better sitcom leading man than Michael J. Fox? I don't know that there has. I love him. You love him. Everyone loves him. It's still a Michael J. Fox movie. Did I say that right this time? No, no. How about this? Still a Michael J. Fox movie streaming on Apple TV Plus. Major binge. Okay. Well, I've got something that you uh, probably haven't heard of or seen up until a few minutes ago anyway. This is a show on Netflix called The Night Agent. Up until just now, have you heard of this or seen ads? I think I've heard of it. I know I have, but no clue. Okay. One of those weird things that just came up on my algorithm, recommended, whatever. I hadn't seen any billboards or anything for it. This is 10 episodes, 45 minutes on Netflix. This is basically a Jason Bourne type series. Okay. Probably cost quite a bit. Big stars, not really, but you'll recognize Gabriel Basso, who plays the main character. He played J.D. Vance in Hillbilly Elegy. Okay. The Ron Howard thing, which I loved a lot. Most people weren't so happy about it. He's really good. So he plays an FBI agent, junior FBI agent, whose job is to monitor the secret phone downstairs at the FBI. One night he gets a call from a a supermodel, basically, in distress. She doesn't play a supermodel, but I'll get to that. And if you've seen any of the Bourne movies, the rest of it's a lot like that. 
a lot of crisscrossing double agents and you don't know how high this thing goes, you know, that kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so nothing you haven't seen before story-wise, but incredibly well done. Very much like, a, uh, was it Tom Clancy, like the Patriot Games movies and Clear and Present Danger. The Jack um, Ryan the stuff. The Jack Ryan stuff. I'd put it in there with all that. It's just as good. It looks just as good. A couple of bad casting choices. A couple of actors that seemed like they belonged on the festival circuit and not uh, Netflix. Won't say who, but a couple of not so great actors. Okay. I'm looking at the cast list and uh, I see Hong Chow, who I like, and Robert Patrick. Uh, that's not who I was talking about. Okay, that's fine. Anyway, it's really well done. And, and again, it makes you wonder where they get the money for these because this is, you know, six movies basically, and it looks like a movie. But here's who we need to talk about. The lead, Lucianne Buchanan, plays Rose Larkin, who's the girl that calls the FBI secret phone because there's intruders in her aunt and uncle's house or something. Demo. Uh-huh. Where's We're, the button? Hold on. Creepy alert. Creepy alert. Good God, man. Unbelievably beautiful. I'm pulling her up now. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That's where the button should go, you weirdo. (laughs) Creepy alert. Uh, Sorry. Now she is, in case you're wondering, heritage, because it's it's a little uh, exotic, ambiguous. She's from New Zealand. Yeah, wherever that is. But she's part (laughs) she's part Scottish, part Tongan. Okay. Like the guy on the AMPM commercials. What are you talking about? Part Scottish, part Tongan. On the AMPM commercials with the hula hoop? A big monster. What? That eats all the snacks? Tungus. I, I think don't know he was what Scottish. you're talking about. Scottish and Tonga. Do you know where Tonga is? Yeah, it's in Africa, isn't it? Uh-huh. Tonga is an archipelago in the South Pacific Ocean consisting of 171 islands. Who cares? <laughs> she's, she's, uh, she's absolutely gorgeous. And they have a real chemistry, too. Real chemistry. <laughs> We're going to wear that plastic off of that button. Uh, anyway, this whole thing was great. It didn't take long to get going. I mean, the Catalyst event or whatever takes place right away. Based on a novel by Matthew Quirk, again, in case you care about books. The showrunner for this, Sean Ryan. I saw that. Yeah. And he did one of my all-time favorite shows, The Shield. The Shield and SWAT. It ends a little bit on a, wouldn't say a cliffhanger, but you kind of think maybe there's a season two coming. Season two is coming. Ah, excellent. there's going to be more. According to showrunner Sean Ryan, season two was halfway written before the writer's strike. And as of October, they are back at it. If you like the Jack Ryan stuff, you'll like this. It's really good. Now, here's what drives me nuts. Why haven't you heard of it? I don't know, man. Why hasn't anyone besides me heard of it? This show had to cost $100 million to make. What do you want from me? Netflix. This is all a Netflix thing, right? I don't understand the business model there. And Apple's even worse about it. And Amazon's actually pretty bad where they spend so much money on these shows. They have huge stars in them. Not this one, but some shows have huge stars. And ask 20 people on the street, maybe one person's heard of Silo on Apple TV or whatever. I have heard of that. We'll get to that next time, maybe. Okay, cool. Anyway, this was fantastic. I wish they would plug it more. It's called The Night Agent on Netflix. 10 episodes, 45 minutes. Check it out. It's kind of for everyone. So I definitely give it a binge. (laughs) 
Awesome, Joe. Couple of binges so far. So far. Yeah. Guess what? I got another binge for you. I'm not even going to pretend about this one. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I loved this show. It is Poker Face. And it stars my favorite actress in the whole world, Natasha Leone. You do like her a lot. You know how much I love Natasha Leone. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic. I can't stand her. But guess what? I'm changing my ways. I think I actually like her. And I think if I met her in real life, we would probably get along. Yeah. That's how good she is in this. She has changed how I feel about her as an actress and as a person. This show was written for her. Yes, it was designated, created all the way for her. It is by Ryan Johnson. Before I get into the weeds here about this, it is on Peacock. It is 10 one-hour episodes, you know, 47 to 67 minutes, depending, but basically one hour's already renewed for a second season. And this is a murder mystery show, like a mystery of the week thing, yeah. which I'm not, it's like a procedural almost, which I'm not normally into, but you can watch one episode and get what you want out of it. You don't have to right. watch the whole series. Now there is an overreaching arc that is established in the first episode that then plays itself out, you know, throughout the show lightly and then really brings it home in the final episode of the season. She's on the run, right? For something that happens in the first episode and she comes across all these people in middle America and she gets involved trying to figure out these murders. Now, the thing is, this is what's called a how catch them. I led to look this up. Okay. Okay. I've never heard that. I know. It, it's sort of loosely based on Columbo from the 70s with Peter Falk, probably way before you, right? Like the Rockford, Rockford Files? Rockford Files. Well, yeah, Rockford Files, though, but it's similar. That's definitely an influence. The Incredible Hulk is an influence. Late 70s, early 80s TV shows, there's an influence on this. That's what they're going for. But here's the thing. You know at the beginning who was murdered and who did it. The show, the fun part is trying to figure out how she's going to figure out who did it. How catch him. How catch him. That's As opposed what, to who done it. Yes. Interesting. Right? Okay. Yeah. I loved it because I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, oh, like you feel like you're piecing it together with her because you know, but you're like, how is she going to do it? I know how she's going to do it. I got it. I got it figured out. So you're sort of on the journey with her. So it's a lot of fun. And if you're not digging one episode, you got another one with a whole new cast of characters in it. Mm-hmm. Recurring characters, Benjamin Bratt, he's the guy that's chasing her. Right. He's got his orders. I got to get uh, Charlie Kale. That's Natasha's character. Okay. Simon Helberg, he has a reoccurring as an FBI agent. From uh, Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. And then guest stars are Adrian Brody, Ron Perlman, Hong Chow. Boy, she's in everything, right? Yeah. John Ratzenberger, Chloe Sevigny, I can't stand her, but whatever. Ellen Barkin, Tim Meadows, Tim Blake Nelson, Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte is great, by the way. I didn't see that one. You didn't see that one? It's good. She actually, uh, Natasha Leone directed that Does he play her dad? Because that would be perfect. uh, Yeah, but no. They they got, uh, Right, uh, they sound the same. Yeah, right, but no, no. Uh, Louis Guzman, who's great, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Wow. It's a whole bunch of people in this, man. Adrian Brody's fantastic. He's only in the first episode. Yeah. He but was, he's great. He was awesome. Oh, you saw it. You saw some of this. I saw the first episode only, and I just forgot to keep watching it. I didn't purposely stop watching it. Okay. I thought it was great. 
if this show worked for me, it's going to work for you because we know I'm not a fan of hers, but I am now. Anyone who's in the original American Pie movie is fine with me, but I remember we've talked about her before. You didn't like her in Orange is the New Black. You didn't like her in Russian Nesting Doll or Russian Doll, whatever. I thought she was okay. She just rubs me the wrong way. She's I don't cartoony. know. cartoony. How... She's a little cartoony. Look, I made this decision back in the late 90s that I didn't like her, and I've just been sticking to it, and it's silly. I don't. Prejudice. It's a prejudice it's a against her. Prejudice. So I don't know why. And you know what? Natasha Leone, if you're listening, and I know you're not, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was wrong about you. I think you're great. How's that? It's a nice apology. Hopefully that makes its way back to her. And I agree. I think she's great. I think the show's great. The premise, all of it. I'm yeah, with you. Props to Ryan Johnson for having the concept to do this and uh, make it happen. It's now, a great, is, fun show. This is the same Ryan Johnson. Knives Out, Glass Onion. Star Wars, The Last Jedi, Looper. He dips his wick in a lot of things, right? Okay. Movies, TV. I don't know. I think he's got an album coming out. Anyway, <laughs> props to him for doing this. This is my favorite thing he's done. I can't say enough good things about this show. That is Poker Face, 10 episodes streaming now on Peacock. Second season coming, and it is a major binge. You know, when you said Ryan Johnson does a lot of things, I was thinking, I'm wearing one of his belts right now, which is a line from I Think You Should Leave. About actors that do a lot of things. Okay. And directors. He goes, I'm wearing one of his belts right now. That's like a, he designs belts. That's a great callback. Boy, did Can I you have just a... rip that one up? No, <laughs> I should. I'll recap real quick. Are you still watching? Demo says season three of Ted Lasso is great. Joe says season three of I Think You Should Leave is great. There's some disagreement in between. Yeah, major disagreement, but whatever. Look at we've beat, I think you should leave to death, all right? <laughs> well, somebody certainly has. Then we talked about still a Michael J. Fox documentary. No, a movie. Still a Michael J. Fox movie. Let's do it correctly. Ready? Go ahead. Still a Michael J. Fox movie. Now I see it. Right? Huh? Yeah, you kind huh? of have to see it on paper. That's what you do when you read it. <laughs> Uh, either way, that was absolutely fantastic. And no kidding, everyone should watch that because it's it's really a great story. It absolutely well is. Then we talked about The Night Agent. On Netflix. And I don't know why more people haven't heard of this or seen it, but it's absolutely great. Definite binge. Oh, and by the way, the Michael J. Fox thing, we didn't mention the tomatoes, but 99, 98 on tomatoes. Yeah. Everyone loves it. Surprise. And lastly, we talked about Poker Face which uh, Demo turned the corner on Natasha Leon. I did. I liked it. I mean, these are all it's pretty broad. It's her signature role, sure. I think. Sure. I think when people look back, they go, oh, Poker Face, that was great, you know? It's a perfect fit for her. The character is perfect fit. Yep. So a lot of recommendations. You know what way. I forgot to mention in my review, though? I'm just realizing what? the shtick, the whole thing, is the fact that she can tell that people are lying. Yeah. I left that out entirely. I'm right. putting it in right now, folks. Okay. Here's the thing. Natasha Leone's character, when she's solving these crimes, what helps her is the fact that she can tell when people are lying. It's like her sixth sense. Yeah. Okay? Great. Now I feel like I'm happy. Yeah. That was <laughs> like, not such a unique part to the show. To me. Yeah, it's but like that's the where the mentalist. title comes from. Poker face, right? She can read people's faces. Well, and she's a poker player. and She's not a poker player. Yes, she was. She got remember? She was a waitress. The whole first episode, she was a plant. 
to play poker. Oh, that's that right. Yes, you're but right. She was I'm banned from playing poker. That's she right. Was she so was banned because she could tell when people were bluffing. Yeah, I guess. Right. Anyway, watch the show, everybody. It's wonderful. So, Demo, how catch us? How catch us? Oh, yes. How catch them? How catch us? How catch I, us? I see what you did there, Joe, and I love you for it, <laughs> man. You. That's great. I wrote it down. How catch them on Instagram at binge or purge. Email us at binge or purge podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at binge or purge. As always, we want to thank Jess the Facts. You can follow Jess on Instagram at the Jesse Greer. That's Jesse with a Y. So for Joe Taylor, my name is Demo. This has been Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.